So that's been a, a big thing this year is is taking the opportunity to to really understand, you know, who I am as a person and what makes me tick. To come back to your point then about being able to remove your identity from, you know, your existing place of work. I think then it doesn't matter where you're working or what you're doing. If you're if you're familiar with yourself and you understand who you are as a person, then it makes it pretty easy to to drop yourself into into different environments and different situations and be able to make that change well. Well, good day and welcome back to the Humans of Agriculture podcast. I'm your host, Ollie Laleve, and as always, thank you for tuning in. This one was recorded on the lands of the Wadarung people down at Marcus Oldham in Geelong, and we're bringing back a previous guest for a bit of a check-in. Right back in the early days of 2020, I remember reaching out to Hugh Dawson. Time of year, summer, day, I can't quite tell you, but I know exactly where I was. I was down in Barland Heads. I pulled over on the side of the road. We had a chat while he was flying his chopper up in Beedaloo Station on the Barclay in the Northern Territory. At the time, Hugh was the head stockman on Beedaloo Station and I was just absolutely blown away by how mature he was. He came on for a chat as part of episode 25 and I feel really fortunate to nowadays be able to call Hugh a mate and someone who I've had plenty of conversations with over the years. In that episode, we talked about what Hugh was up to and his passion for advocating for the northern beef industry. He was fairly settled in his role and had big aspirations for where his career would take him. Switching the chopper cab for a classroom and the stock camp for a shoebox of a bedroom, I'm pretty certain was not on his list of things he wanted to do. But fast forward to 2021, Hugh and I were fortunate to be finalists in the Xander McDonald Award. And from that, he's got a few different mentors and his perspective around further education slightly changed. So as all 23-year-olds, no, I'm completely kidding, At 23 years old, Hugh came up with his own succession plan for how he could make himself redundant and train the next person to be head stockman at Beedaloo. I've wanted to sit down with Hugh for quite a while and so I thought with the end of his first year at Marcus coming round, I wanted to understand what changed between our last conversation. What led to the decision to go and study? What's the year been like? And with Movember underway, how's he managed to keep himself mentally and physically fit? One thing which really stood out for me was how Hugh chatted about how he's enabled himself to get familiar with who he is and what drives him and how that's allowed him to push the boundaries of what he's truly capable of. So enjoy the chat. Hugh Dawson. Take two. Episode two. I, so when I was listening back to our first chat we had, like on the plane last night, I was like, my God. I was like, how good does the intro sound? I don't know what I was doing with the audio, but it sounds bloody awesome. It was, um, and it was, it was pretty clear too, because that was recorded on pretty average internet from a donger in the middle of the Northern Territory. Over Zoom. And Over Zoom. What about now? Episode... hundred and. Nearly 150, I reckon. Holy dooly. So, and I think we're probably uh, saying hello to Sarah Dawson, who says I'm a avid listener and fan. I was talking to mum the other day. She was like, you know I'm Ollie's number one fan. I was like, yeah, yeah. She probably have a top fan badge on Facebook, I reckon. (laughs) Well, I I downloaded, re-downloaded Instagram again the other day just to have a buddy look. And yeah, first thing I saw was a comment, mum's comment (laughs) on (laughs) you into back post. I was like, oh, well. I can get back off social media again. 
Well, we'll just Sarah. We'll give you the rundown of what you've been up to for the year. Why? <laughs> why you decided to go to university and everything else in between? Yeah, and it took so long to get there. <laughs> but last time we chatted, Hugh, you were living up in the Northern Territory on Beedaloo. You're the head stockman at Beedaloo Station, and I think this is probably going to flesh out. You, you were hell bent on this idea that ah, you, you go to uni and study engineering if you want to be an engineer but you wanted to work in the northern cattle industry, so you thought five gap years would <laughs> suffice. And Well, I'm fascinated. We're down in Geelong now, Wadarong country, and you've become a uni student. You've basically moved into a cubicle for the past 12 months. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we have. We've come, uh, come full circle. But I think, and, and to take it back to that, that episode, I reckon the, uh, the analogy I used was something like, you know, if you did want to go and be an engineer, you'd sort of have to go to uni and then and then you'd get your degree and then you're, you're starting block. And I think the, the, the cool thing with, with ag and, and probably the pathway I went down was that um, I finished school and, and when I decided to go on that gap year, then I was at the, the starting block. And now, you know, I'm a little bit further down the track, but um, I think the the product of the the, the somewhat infamous now gap year <laughs> of six years... Um, allowed me to see where there were gaps in my, my knowledge base and definitely highlighted, I think, the opportunities um, available in, in young people to, to forge a really, uh, I suppose, successful career in agriculture um, and, and, and the opportunity then to go out and be an industry professional um, in that career. And so that's how, that's how I sort of, I think, arrived to be uh, yeah, at Marcus Oldham College in Geelong, where I am now. And so you're counting this as another gap year as well? <laughs> well, I think, can I call it two? No, someone, <laughs> someone, someone asked me the other day, like, oh, what are you doing, you know, once you graduate? And I was like, oh, might, uh, might do a gap year. <laughs> Overseas this stuff. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but no, I think it's, um, it's, it's certainly a change of pace. It's, um, and it's funny going from... I think I did it the best best probably way I could have done it in that, you know, you go out and you learn how to work and you sort of identify where um, there's areas that you don't know and you don't understand so that when you come back, you've got your work ethics already there and you can so easily um, sort of slot in what you're learning to where, um, where, that, where that should be in your, in your sort of um, more practical job. So it's been, it's been an interesting transition. The weather... Hasn't been the <laughs> the highlight. Oh, it's been all of Australia this year, mate. It's been everywhere. I think it doesn't doesn't matter where you are on the east coast. Always sunny in uh, in Elliot. <laughs> but uh, no, it's been uh, it's been good. Tell me, I, I want to backstep. So you you're on the station, and did did you ever think you were going to go and do further education? Was it ever on your radar? Um. It's a good question. I think probably one of the biggest things for me was that I have always been interested in trying to identify um, areas of sort of personal growth and improvement and development. Um, I think there's you know there's a lot to be said about. Well, I think the greatest investment you can make is in yourself and in understanding um, sort of yourself and bettering yourself. Did I think I would go to uni? <laughs> I, yeah, I, I think I definitely saw myself going and, and, and pursuing further education. I didn't know if it would be at uni or where, where it might end up. Was it, on, was it on your radar or you were pretty content and happy climbing the ranks through 
working on the station, being head stockman and seeing where that career took you. Yeah. And I think that was, you know, that was probably a big thing for me was just enjoying that, enjoying that process. Um, and, and, and I believe then, and I still believe now that, you know, you can, you can go out and make a highly successful career um, without the need to go and study tertiary education. Um, I think, though, in my personal situation is I realise there's a lot to gain from, you know, compound learning and, and learning from others. Um, and that just being a, a fantastic way to accelerate the process. Um, I think the other the other side of that was I sort of reached a point um, at Beedaloo where you know there probably wasn't the opportunity to keep to keep going up, um, and then I needed to sort of take a step back and look at where I was um, and and probably assess where I wanted to be, um, and then and then through that process made it easy to sort of understand that you know going and 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 learning about um, the business. Uh, or how the sort of back end of a business works was um, was going to help help get me there, um, and probably you know I talk about uh, involvement with the Xander McDonald Award as being um, the real inflection point I think in my career. It was it was having exposure to that network um, and those people that had sort of taken a lot of the same steps before me um, to get to where they are, and and that was probably what. Yeah, shed light on on Marcus being a, a pathway to get there. Do you think because we were on the obviously finalists together as part of the Xander piece, and it's funny how I guess naturally you gravitate towards different people. Yourself, I guess you've built a bit of a relationship with George King over the time as part of it. I think Richard, I've found has been incredible as a sounding board and mentor. But was there someone? through that process that you saw like I, I really want to learn off them and I need to just like kind of pull them closer yeah was there yeah was there any any one particular I think um I think you sort of take different bits and pieces from from everyone I think that's the, the beautiful thing about um ag as an industry and certainly you know probably over the last um couple of decades that there was no sort of set pathway and that the people that are now leaders in industry have sort of very much forged their own sort of unique um, ways to sort of get to where they are. So, yeah, again, it's it's exposure to that network um, and to sort of take little bits and pieces from from a few different people, I think, is where, where I've seen or, or, or had the got the most value out of that experience, I think. Did you grow your self-awareness off the back of that, Pete? Because what I find fascinating with you, Huey, is like at 22, you're like, okay, I in 12 months' time, I'm going to step away and I want to go and do further education. So what I'm going to do in a business at 22 years old is go, all right, who's the next person that's going to take my job and how do I just become a coach, a champion of them for the next 12 months <laughs> so that I make my job redundant so you can go and study? Where did that come from? Um, <laughs> I think I'll, I'll credit um, credit Jane and Scotty Armstrong um, with with that who were um, who 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 own and manage Beedaloo where I was working, and they always talked about um, making yourself redundant. And I remember the first time I heard it, and it really resonating with me. And going, well, that just makes logical sense. You know, if you can make yourself redundant in a role. That just opens the door to, to be able to go and do, you know, something else, something 
be it bigger or better or just sort of left of center from where you are um i just think that sort of opens the door for opportunity and, and i think maybe that's like i've always looked for opportunity i think that's something that's probably a strength of mine and it just made it really easy to do so when i suppose when when that time came and i identified the the need to go and you know make that next investment in myself it was just logical to to try and identify who could sort of um succeed sort of me in my position so that that uh that that business could keep keep going on and and you know it's interesting talking to to george and lindy and they talk about the law of reciprocity um so you know what you do for for others will will sort of be returned to yourself and i think that it is important when you're in a in a position especially working in a family business that you know you're treating that business like your own um and i just think about you know how would i want um one of my employees sort of exiting that exiting my business um and i would hope that they they can walk away you know really satisfied with their experience but also um you know not leave a, a huge mess to clean up so it was sort of funny there were, there were a lot of times last year where I'd sort of finish a day flying and uh, and be like, oh, I'll go and see what everyone's doing in the yards. And you'd, you'd land and jump out and walk into the yards and you'd be sitting around with your hands on your hips and go, well, <laughs> shit, I am pretty redundant now. <laughs> so, and and I think there were, you know, it sounds sounds rosy, but um, but there were challenges that, that came with that. I think there were there were a few instances where you sort of go, well, am I making the am I making the right call here? Um, and and I think the other thing to think about is you know that was a and still is a job that I absolutely love doing, um, and that for for six years I worked to get to a point, um, and and then you know all of a sudden you're standing on the edge of a cliff and you're about to take the next step and you're going oh, what have I done here? Um, but I think uh, and you know I've talked about it a bit is um, is the value in making yourself uncomfortable. Um, and I think that's been the, the greatest takeaway from, from coming down here to a completely foreign um, environment with new people is, is how much you can learn about yourself by putting yourself in, in, an, in an uncomfortable um, and unfamiliar position. Tell me on that. Did you, in the early days coming down here, did you potentially regret it? Did you think, like, was your identity tied to Hugh... From Beetaloo Station, the chopper pilot, and advocate for Northern Australia. Yeah, good, good question. Um, oh, I think um, I I think I did quite a good job to detach that. Um, and can I ask how? <laughs> you can ask how. I don't know if I have a good, good answer for you. Um, I think I think I. I think I've become quite reflective, um, certainly in the the last couple of years. And, you know, I, I think having set up that succession plan um, for me to be able to to, to walk away from Beedaloo and, and be confident that, that it was in, you know, good hands in in, uh, in Charlie Davis and, and Will Donaldson and the guys that are there now, um, made it easy to sort of look back and go, well, you know, we left left everything on the table and and now we're just going into a new chapter and, and there's everything to play for. Um, and so I think the other point too is that being really comfortable to go back to the bottom and to, and to start again and to see that as being, again, an opportunity to learn and to grow 
from that sort of baseline. Um, and so it was interesting, especially having done, you know, quite a bit of work at Beetaloo to sort of uh, not change the culture, but certainly to see a shift in, in the culture there to come into a, a place of new culture and to, to, to sort of take a step back and not feel like you need to be at the front or driving that and just to really, yeah, I suppose come... It, it, it was a nice grounding experience. Um, probably didn't ask, answer your question there <laughs> at all, but... Um, no, I think, yeah, it's interesting how you, you were able to detach it and, well, just be, be Hugh, essentially, at the end of the day. Yeah, and, and, and I think that was a... Um, like, there's a lot of... It, it alleviates a lot of pressure. And I think is a nice point there where you can take stock and, and sort of look at, you know, what are my um, what are my strengths now away from away from that 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 environment where I was really comfortable. What do I still have, and and what do I need to sort of develop um, now to get to that next step? I, and and I think it was sort of funny and and having um, having been exposed to social media and, and media of all types um, in the in the last sort of six years was that then you do start to meet you know a few different people and 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 you get it now i'm sure where they're like oh i know you <laughs> so, well, do you do you really know me and um and and i think that was probably something for me was made me made me take a step back and go well actually how well do i know myself um and so that's been a, a big thing this year is 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 taking the opportunity to to really understand, you know, who I am as a person and what makes me tick. And so it's probably to, to, to come back to your point then about being able to remove your identity from, you know, your existing place of work. I think then it doesn't matter where you're working or what you're doing. If you're, if you're familiar with yourself and you understand who you are as a person, then it makes it pretty easy to, um, to drop yourself into, into different environments and different situations um, and be able to make that change well. Hey, it's Nick here, Sheep Farmer and Rabobank Regional Client Council member. I'm passionate about supporting our local community so we can improve community wellbeing and build strong local economies. My job as a client council member is to help secure funding for regional grassroots initiatives, those that support education in ag, rural health, sustainability and help bridge the country-city divide. We've helped organisations like Boys to the Bush, funded school field days like Ag Vision and held succession planning workshops, just to name a few. If you have an idea to make a difference to regional Australia, go to our website at www.rabobank.com.au and nominate via our community fund. We'd love to hear from you. Do you think, well, I'm thinking back to last year when you decided uh, that you'd cut right back on drinking and, mm. and those aspects of your life. I'm interested coming into like a university environment in that, like the expectation that you set of yourself and I think as you're saying, knowing yourself and who you are, what was it like coming back <laughs> into that, that scene? Yeah, and, <laughs> um, and, to, and to add to that... <clears throat> I think I'd, I'd just sold my uh, my Hilux that I'd spent a bit of time on doing up, and you know it was it was pretty flash. Sold it at the start of the year, and so I had a uh, we we had a little little silver Corolla that uh, that Mum and Dad got for for Gus and I when we were in, when we were in year twelve. So to be a uh, bloody eight year old car now, 
So I'm driving up the driveway to Marcus in this in this silver 2000 model Corolla, going, "Oh my god, what am I doing?" <laughs> Get into the car park. It's Land Cruiser, Hilux, Land Cruiser, Land Cruiser, Land Cruiser, Hilux, and um, and I think and even road <laughs> road bike on the roof too. Yeah. Let's not forget that. I had my push bike in the in the car, and um, and you do have to be pretty comfortable with with who you are and confident, I think, in yourself that. Um, and and that that comes just from from time, I think. Um, yeah, but but has been a um, a massive massive strength to have this year. And and um, I think what made that possible for me was was yeah, really working out sort of what I wanted to do going forward. And that that cut out a lot of the noise and a lot of the sort of materialistic sort of superficial stuff. Um, brought it back to to the real sort of fundamental basics um so that you know i can now look look at myself and go well you know if i strip everything back what have i what do i still have um and if if it all goes wrong tomorrow will i be able to get back up the next day and and you know keep keep on on plugging along um and that's been that's been a pretty pretty powerful thing and i think um and and you know to um, to do that, and this comes from um, the the idea comes from um, um, sort of Dan Allen and Eddie Ross um, from Trademark talk about preventative maintenance and seeing a uh, seeing a professional, and that's something I've done this year is is once a month check it, check in with a um, with a professional and and talk a little bit about sort of strategy as to you know how to set up your time um time commitments but also for me really try and drill into you know why i have certain tendencies you know we're chatting before um i have a tendency to sort of avoid conflict and it can be the the most minor of situations but but that investment in really trying to drill into to 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 why you do what you do and to and that helping you understand who you are as a person has been yeah, one of the greatest investments I think I've made so far this year. I can't recommend that highly enough to to anyone. And was that just something you just decided to do off the bat? Yeah, but I think I think um, again it was hearing hearing people who you know present as being you know having it all together and, and really successful in business. Hearing them talk about the value in doing it, and then I think I think finding the confidence then to to go and seek professional help in a in a situation where you really, you know, don't need, you know, you, uh, you you would usually go and seek professional help in a crisis situation or if you're really struggling, um, you know, stereotypically. But I think when everything's sort of going well, that's almost the best time to go and see someone to to then start forming that relationship with a, with a professional so that when they can see that your behaviour's changing, then they can really drill in and go, well, you know, what's changed in your sort of situation for for your behaviour now to change with me, um, has been fascinating. But yeah, it was that it was seeing someone else go first, and, and I think that's why you know I'm pretty happy to talk about it now because I think it's just something that that we can all benefit from. I think if everyone you know can move away from needing and craving that materialistic um, sort of s- yeah substance to 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 feel like they can fit in, um, then we'll all be better off for it. Sure, Huey. Jesus Christ, it's been a transformational year. I think you've already you've already <laughs> touched on Barry making yourself uncomfortable, the role of self reflection this year. 
following on that point that you're just talking about, you decided to remove yourself from social media completely, except for LinkedIn to stay in the network. Yeah. <laughs> Drivers behind that? Yeah. So I actually, I, I, I told myself, I was like, don't, don't make any, don't make up any more stupid analogies. But I, I think <laughs> I'll give it to I've us. Got I've yeah. got one. <laughs> no, I think about it as, uh, you know, I think it's probably safe. We're in an agricultural um, audience. You know, we, we, we hear about the leaky barrel and sort of propping up staves um, in the leaky barrel to keep that full. And I, I think about it as almost being like the opposite of the leaky barrel. What, what, barriers can i take away so that my output so that i can achieve the maximum flow of output um and and yeah i think that probably you know goes back to to reflection but but also you know um having a pretty clear structure around how i want to achieve or the goals i want to achieve um and then going back and get and, and looking at what's going to help me get there and what's not and i think um you know social media and I've been a huge advocate for social media and still am and, and talking about it this morning, you know, the fact that um, we're here together is a, is a credit to social media. But with, uh, with the current sort of level of workload and, and other time commitments, it was just something that I went, right, is this helping me get to where I need to be? And, and at the moment, it's, it was something that, you know, I had to, I had to make the decision to cut out um, and, and it's freed up, yeah, a lot of time. Um, but then obviously you, you, you don't have that, as a uh, yeah you can't you, you you've got to you yeah take 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 stock and, and work out what's gonna um what you need in the moment um and what you can what you can return to and yeah i'll, I'll get back on social media one <laughs> at some stage once i got this degree out of the road i reckon come on i feel like i'm talking to troy said of it when troy was at uni so i think if we just keep following and chatting regularly I feel like the, the conversation I had about with Troy when he was at university and he was talking about what he gave up. Obviously, he still had a lot of fun, which it sounds like you're doing, hmm. but also just utilising that opportunity. He was he was undertaking a cadetship at that time, but you in the background, you've got your own little ideas and business things that you're looking at. Um, I want to... Oh, two things. What has been most challenging about coming in to back into full-time education and then off the back of that what's something that's really surprised you from it um biggest challenge biggest challenge for me this year has been has been time management and i i I think i knew that would would be the case um i probably didn't didn't expect um there to be a need for the the level of time management sort of strategy um but i think again that it probably goes back to to the benefits of having worked for a couple of years prior to prior to coming down here um it is a high workload but it's manageable when you can sort of identify and implement good strategies to to manage that time um i think to talk to to challenges has been um to be to be to be comfortable with the 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 quality of the work you're doing um and i think another big challenge um has been actually saying no i think last time i was on the podcast we talked about saying yes to everything and then just working out how you can how you can sort of make that work um 
big challenge this year has actually been been understanding that you know if I keep saying yes to to everything that, that I'm not going to be able to, to deliver to that that quality um, that I was just talking about then. Um, so yeah, understanding what's achievable and then making the time um, available to to deliver that to a to a level you're you're happy with. Um, which has been hard because when you are someone that looks for opportunities everywhere, to then stop when there is an opportunity and say no has been has been really hard for me. Um, but I think uh, I think that probably goes to balance as well and finding balance and what that looks like. Um, I think one of the the most incredible things about um, Marcus is the the people you're here with and. I think it would be easy to focus on your your academic studies, but not engage in the in the sort of social aspect of, of being on campus and being with 160 like-minded people, um, you know, 24 hours, seven days a week. Um, I think half of the value in the course is 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 the people you're here with. And ninety percent, ninety percent. I was going to say it's an easy place to to leave your academics well, behind yeah. and focus on the other side. And that's <laughs> it. And that's it. So it's 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 finding the um, as a as a direct answer to your question, time management has been everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, and just just finding that balance. I wish I had that. When I was here, <laughs> <laughs> my God, I wish I had it now. So, uh, you've got summer holidays coming up, Huey. Do you just want to come and uh, help me get my life in order? Yeah. <laughs> it's that time management consultancy or something. <laughs> <laughs> Call it an internship. Yeah. Call it even, I guess. <laughs> well, a couple other things. We've got obviously Movember. You're, and you've got a deadly mo. Actually, when people say it, yeah. Like, what <laughs> you've done it over a couple of years, and God, yours absolutely take like, shine. <laughs> Put me to shine, <laughs> mate. Mine is shocking. To be honest, in other years, I've used a little bit of um, bit like, of mascara. Well, a bit of, <laughs> bit of tint to bit help bit it make it darker. Anyway, this is the year I haven't done it, so um, I'm looking forward to <laughs> shaving it off. But it has been starting conversations. But for you, men's health, health, health. Men's Health, uh, Movember. Why do you get involved in it? I I think it's a great a great cause, and um, and yeah, rocking the uh, rocking the handlebars once again. I think the <laughs> and and the reason I love um, Movember is 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 uh, a piece around raising awareness for for men's mental health in particular. Is you can't avoid it. Um, and you know, you think about if you have a, a broken arm, you end up in a sling or with a cast on. It's a very clear visual indicator that you're not, you know, physically um, at a hundred percent. With mental health, you don't have that that visual indicator a lot of the time. Um, and so, when you do have a, a, <laughs> a dirty, great big moustache on your face, um, it's pretty easy for people to to pull up and go, "Hey, what's with that?" Um, so I think I think just that that understanding around the fact that you know come December when everyone's you know moustaches are hopefully gone um, that there is still that underlying um, yeah not not issue but that 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 there's still a lot that you don't see I think going on um, and that that you know it shouldn't just be in the month of November or or, or on a, are you okay day it's a conversation that needs to be happening 
365 days a year and, and, and can be as something as, um, you know, checking in on your friends or, you know, it could be a brother or your dad or, um, and, and doesn't have to be isolated to men's mental health either, you know, mm. it's something that um, affects all of us. And I think I've um, chatted a little bit about it before, but um, it doesn't stop at mental health. I think, I think mental health or physical health, it's all, it all flies under the same banner. Um, and that they do complement each other really well. And, and, and um, you know, again, uh, on, on the self-development piece, it's probably something that um, when you do start to, to, to increase your workload, um, it's really easy to sort of put it, on the, put it in the background. And, and I know that I've sort of um, been caught in the past where you, you do try and put on that facade and, and make it look like everything's sort of humming on the surface, but, uh, but underneath you sort of, um, you you can find that you know you feel like you're drowning a bit. So um, yeah, goes goes both ways. I think understanding that 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 for for everyone there's a lot going on that you don't see, um, and then taking the time then to 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 have that empathy to check in on um, on everyone around you, um, but also that that it, there is so much in being able to share with what is actually going on for you as well with other people um but it's that it's it's there's it is so powerful to be able to reach out to someone and say hey i'm actually you know i've got a bit on at the moment i need a uh, could just be a yarn or need a hand to to get something done or whatever it might be but um but that that's there and that's a good conversation to have oh yeah and so where are you at at the moment uh well handed in the case study yesterday so we <laughs> we had about uh, i think the last two months have just been um it's been amazing just running absolutely on the limiter um but i think the the last two months as well have been really enjoyable to see the product of i think that that work you that i've put in in trying to develop myself to get myself to a level where i can sustain a high high output um to have all the pieces then line up and, and to be able to manage that and not fall into sort of burnout, which I think for the last couple of years, you get to sort of November, December, and I've been absolutely shattered. So I think for me, it's nice to see um, that there's, there's tangible proof now that, that, that putting that work in and um, developing yourself and, and, and um, yeah, making that investment in yourself does pay, pay dividends um, in the long run. And so, what are you doing over the summer break to fill that cup back up? <laughs> um, I'm pretty. Uh, I've got a uh, got a bit on heading up to George and Lindy um, up at Carcor the Savo, and then uh, so swinging off a branding cradle for a little bit, branding a few few calves, which will be good, and then uh, and then heading heading over to Western Vic. Got a wedding in Tassie, and then uh, I think be back home mid December. And um, and Gus, who's my younger brother. By three years, we'll be back from uh, from America. So I spend the month um, with him and, and mum and dad at home. Hopefully, find a bit of a bit of quiet time. I got asked the other day if I do sit still, and I thought I did, but <laughs> <laughs> I'll try and find some time to to, to sort of yeah find a take, or take stock and look back at um, what a year twenty twenty two has been. Um, I reckon it must be the bloody fastest on on record yet, but uh, yeah. Um, certainly find time to sort of yeah appreciate what's uh, the water that's gone under the bridge and so for next year what's what's the plan for you 
Um, next year, sort of, I suppose, keep building on on what we've uh, learned this year. Finish the this degree would be the uh, <laughs> that's sort of the, the number one, priority. the big, the big, big ticket item. Um, but just keep, yeah, always keep keep trying to build on um, on that sort of knowledge base. And you know, I think it's funny. There's a lot of there's a lot of busy people who don't uh, don't seem to get a lot done, and and I know I've been guilty of, you know, saying before that I've been <laughs> been very busy. So, um, just continuing to try and make sure that that uh, that work is is translating into um, something meaningful, I think, will be a, a big one for me, and um, we'll see where that lands us. <laughs> Beautiful. One last question for you, Huey. Uh, I'll be wondering if it's changed. You get the chance to go back to your year ten class. <laughs> What's your advice to them now? Ah, oh, it is a good question. I think I was stumped on this last time. Um, just buddy, enjoy it. Enjoy like there is there is just so much um, good to take out of every day, and I think if you if you have the mindset that there is, you know, everything. Everything either happens for a reason, or is, or, or there is a, a good reason for for everything happening. Um, you know, even in the face of it being a, a pretty significant adversity, um, that you know there's an opportunity to learn and an opportunity to grow. I think it's pretty much impossible to to not enjoy life. Um, we are just we just have so much opportunity in front of us, um, and. I don't know. That's something I get I get pretty easily excited about. But I think um, I think with you know what we see on certainly mainstream media and in the in the news, it can be pretty easy to get get sort of down on um, on everything, be it you know wars overseas or um, weather sort of crisis in Australia or you know wherever you are in the world. Um, just being able to sort of take take yeah take it back and and look at well what's actually you know affecting me in my day um and and just how lucky we are to to sort of do what we do and live where we live i think is uh just just appreciate everything beautiful huey well as always mate i absolutely love our chats i think last time we we're on the phone it was about <laughs> an hour and a half longer than this but uh enjoy your summer holidays we'll catch up with you soon thanks al I look forward to it Well, I think like I every week get a different take because I'm in the conversation and stuck in it. And I try and listen back to every episode yeah. in the car as I'm going. But this is the first time in a little while that we can have someone else give their take on it straight afterwards. So, Maya, you've been chief editor this week. You've listened to Hugh's combo and pulled this episode together. So I'd love to hear, what did you take away from the episode? Yeah, so Hugh's conversation was a super interesting one and... Yeah, just knowing his age and just the way that he spoke so candidly and openly about his own mental health, I think was really impressive. I thought that he really kind of called upon all of his male peers to be more vulnerable and candid about how you're doing in life. It would be fascinating to listen to where he was in 2020 and then listen to where he's now, because I still can't believe Hugh's age and just what he's done, and I reckon... It'll be good to have him in Geelong for another year next year at Marcus Oldham and see where he goes. And I think we might just try and grab him in here for his uni holidays. See you next week.